This is C.L. Whiteside, and you are listening to The Non-Microwave Truth. I like that. I like the sound of that. Now, I can guess you're probably wondering, and this is typical, what does C.L. stand for? Like, boy, what did your mama name you? I've been around TC's and JT's and MJ's and KC's, and I never hear them get asked what their two letters stand for. But hey, I could be wrong. I'm not telling you what CL stands for, at least not yet. You can guess, but I'll tell you this. It's not Clarence Lewis. The second thing you're probably wondering is why the title, The Non-Microwave Truth? And when you just think about a microwave, what's the purpose of it? To speed things up, to be easy, to be convenient. But the truth, is that something that should always be sped up and be easy and convenient? No. I want you to think about it like this. If you were to have a cake, would you rather have that cake be made in the microwave or would you rather have Granny make it in the oven? And you know when Granny's going to make it, she's going to put her foot in it. She's going to take her time. She's not going to cheat any steps. She's not going to cheat the process. And hopefully, every time you tune into this podcast, you get the non-microwave truth. You get the absolute truth. Not the most convenient truth. Not the truth that makes you feel good, but the truth that you really, really need to hear. This leads us into our first segment, which is called First World Problems. And the reason it's called First World Problems is because if you know anything about First World Problems, they're not really problems usually. It's like someone goes to Starbucks and says, oh my goodness, they only gave me two pumps of mucha latte and I wanted four. That's a first world problem. No one is going to lose their life over that. Deal with it. Get over it. And the purpose of this first world problem segment is just to look at things from a different perspective because life is all about perspective and how we're viewing it and what lens we're viewing it from. It's not heaven or hell. It's not life or death. It's just something to get us thinking, thinking outside the box. And our first first world problem that we're going to tackle is how would you, if you had a podcast, keep someone's attention? I want you to think about that. And you can definitely feel free to share with me your, your thought process, your philosophy. You can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. I would love to hear your feedback. But what I'm thinking to keep people's attention, especially at the beginning, is people have to know you to love you. If you know someone and you love someone or you start to know someone, you're more likely to listen to them. So I'm going to try to do or give you three things today to help you get to know me better. That's a little outside of the box. And I want you to do this with me as well. And you can also share this with me on Twitter or Instagram. The first one is I want you to think about what is the most reckless thing that you have done? Well, reckless isn't a good word. Most adventurous thing you have done that you would share with someone. Do you have it in mind? The thing that I would share or I'll share with you now is I jumped out of a plane. I went skydiving. Now, that wasn't that crazy or that reckless or adventurous in a way because once I realized that the dude I was jumping out the plane with wasn't crazy, it was easy. Like, he wanted to live, and that was cool. Second thing I want you to think about, this helps you get to know people too. Who is your favorite superhero and why? Mine has to be Batman. And it's like, I could be Batman if I was a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire, just in case you're wondering. 
and I'm not really with wearing the tights. But the reason why Batman goes out and fights crime is is also dope too, because he does it. He's inspired by his family. And he's inspired by wanting to do better for his city and his community. Third thing, which one you picking? Cake or pie? I'm picking pie all day. Man, I, I love pecan pie so much that I once hit a whole pie, ate it, and I almost got away with it. But I hid it in the basement, forgot to throw away the box, and one day my family's like, why is this Baker Square box down here? And my dad realized that this boy went down to the basement, ate the whole pie, and never told anybody. I almost got away with it. R.I.P. to Baker Square, by the way. Now, this was just an icebreaker, but best believe I'm like wine, baby. I'm going to get better with time. And this concludes our first segment of First World Problems. And now it's dinner time. This next segment is called Dinner Time. And the reason for that is because it's the main entree, it's the main purpose of us being together today. And what we're going to do is we're going to chew and digest on a quote from your very own, me. Here's the quote. Being a king isn't about being a boss and putting your feet up. I learned from David, it's about giving up your seat and running to action when things start to heat up. Hoo-hoo. I know some of you thinking, man, this, this brother could have been a rapper. But yeah, I, I didn't want to live that type of lifestyle, being in the club every night, forced to drink, women throwing themselves at me. That's a lot of temptation. I didn't want that life. It wasn't meant to be, and that's okay. Now, I want you automatically, women, I don't want you to feel excluded because you can replace that king with the word queen because we know females can be bosses too. And if you're wondering, who in the world is this David being referred to in the quote? I'm talking about David in the Bible. Now, you don't have to be a believer or, or a Christian to appreciate King David and understand he's one of the most influential kings in history, most famous kings that there ever were. And when we look at King David's life, King David did not have a boss beginning. David wasn't born into royalty, but there was definitely something more than royalty that made him special. And that was he was obedient and he was all about his purpose and serving. And when we go back and look at his life and just how he was anointed and how he became king, it's interesting because when the prophet came to David's father's house to look for a king, young David wasn't even in the room. David's dad had forgot about him. He didn't include him. And I know how many times I have thought to myself, I got to get in the room. I got to get my foot in. I just got to be seen. But what we see with this is you can be overlooked by men, but you can't be overlooked by God. I'm going to say that again. You can be overlooked by men, but you cannot be overlooked by God, especially when you're fulfilling and doing your purpose. Because when there's a plan for you, you don't need to help God out. And think about this. Where was David? He was with the lowly sheep being a shepherd. That's the opposite of royalty. And though he was passed up seven times, seven brothers went ahead of him, he was still anointed as king. And what we can take away from this is, one, it was in God's plan, so we can't change that. And two, he was about fulfilling his purpose. Purpose meaning something outside of himself, and he was willing to serve. And these exact traits 
are the thing that propelled him to being a boss or being one of the greatest kings in history, his willingness to serve, his willingness to fulfill his purpose. Now, I want you to think about this. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to have a lowly job? The exact opposite of royalty. Where are you at with this right now? David even had an opportunity to serve the king that he one day was going to be taken over for. David was a talented man. He could play the harp. He was musically inclined and gifted. His music was so good that he could ease a person's soul and change a whole person's mood for the better, of course. Let's fast forward a little bit in David's life, though. David's brothers were at war, and David's father told him to go and take a hike or a trip to go give his brothers some food. <laughs> now, I thought about this. If I'm 16 or 17 years old and I know I'm going to be the next king, which is the equivalent of being the president of the United States, and my dad tells me to go and take a hike and travel miles and miles to give my brothers food for a war that should already be over in my head, but because they're being scared, it's not over. And then on top of that, they are the ones who didn't bring enough food. I'm looking at my dad crazy like, yeah. I'm probably not doing this. You can go ask somebody else. You know who I am or you know who I'm going to be. But what did David do? He was obedient to his father. He took that trip. He gave his brothers food. And he even checks in on them. So by doing this, David is being a servant and he's fulfilling his purpose. And by doing this, this puts David in the right place at the right time, exactly where God wants him to be. I got to say this again, because he was obedient and he was fulfilling his purpose, it put him in the right place at the right time, and he didn't even know it. Now, something I want to highlight is when David was taking this food to his brothers, he noticed, of course, how could he miss it? This nine foot giant, this monster coming out and taunting the people saying, fight me. He was making a mockery of his, his country and more importantly, his God. And because David was inquisitive, people started to notice him. And one of the people that noticed him was his own brother. And what we learn from this is sometimes people will not understand your purpose and what you were, they think you always are going to be. And they just see you as the little brother, or in some cases, the old man or the old woman. And what David brother says to him is this. He says, and I'm paraphrasing now, so stick with me. Why have you come down here? And who did you leave those sheep with? I know you conceited and wicked your heart is. You came down here just to watch the battle, man. Take your little butt home. Man, I can't stand my little brother. God had put something in David's heart, though, and that was to run to the action. Now, I just want you to think about this. If you are 16 or 17 years old and you know that you are promised to be the next king or queen or president of the United States, are you running towards this action? I, I, I don't know about that. And you got to think about this. This dude is nine feet tall. Not seven foot, nine feet tall. He is the best warrior and fighter in their entire country. He's a monster. He is a beast. I call myself a tough guy, and I probably would have to sit this one out, though. But like I said, being a king isn't about being a boss and putting your feet up. It's about giving up your seat and running to action when things start to heat up. 
And that's exactly what David did. And again, we have David at the right place at the right time. And what we can take away from this is we all are going to face obstacles and different Goliaths in our life. But we have to look at the why. Why was David so confident in this situation? One, he was being obedient to the father. And two, he was just living out his purpose. And you have to wonder why. Why did David know or why did David have this confidence, I should say? And the reason is because he wasn't doing this for a reward or recognition, which is the reason why a lot of us do things that we do, because we want to be noticed or we want to be praised and rewarded. But that wasn't David's motive. And that's where we kind of have to just think, like, why do I want this boss title? Why do I want this promotion? Why do I want this this status? What do I think this is going to bring to me in life? Like, do I just want this business because I want more money and I want people to call me more successful and I want to look a certain way? And don't get me wrong. One of these things is not bad in and of itself. But if that's the only reason and you're willing to be disobedient to this and you're more willing to throw your purpose to the side, you got to be leery of that. And the point I forgot to mention is David knew he was empowered by the spirit. And this is what I mean by that. There are times in our life where things happen that are just flat out horrible or bad, and we really can't explain it, and we don't necessarily understand. We don't see the point of it. Now, David had a couple of those things, or a couple of those encounters happen in his life. One was with a bear, and another was with a lion. And this one, he was protecting his his sheep. Like, why would God allow a lion and a bear to attack my sheep and put me in a position where I could lose my life? Ah, it's starting to make sense now. David knew that God was with him. He had those trials and tribulations on his resume to be like, okay, I got through this. God got me through this. I can do this giant thing. I can defeat Goliath. And there are things that happen in our lives like that, that God wants to remind us and have us put on our resume to be like, hey, remember, I carried you through that horrible time. I got you and you grew through that. Don't forget. But how often do we forget? And I can only guess, but maybe it started to make sense to David. And maybe David was like, oh, okay, I get why I had to defeat a lion and a bear and put my life on the line for some sheep. It's to prepare me to to kill this giant. And what they would say, the rest is history. David, with a slingshot and a few rocks, defeated Goliath. (laughs) Now, you know that's nothing but God. And when we continue to look at David's life, David kept running to the action. David pretty much became a war hero. Plenty of military victories. And this made him almost like famous and a celebrity in his country. They even came up with a song that had all the bars and clubs rocking. It was something like, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. Despite this, he wasn't even the king or the official boss yet. But David did run into a problem that a lot of us will run into when we are fulfilling our purpose and doing God's will. David had a hater. He was hated by the present king. The present king hated him so much that he wanted to kill him. Now for us, this is people trying to cancel us. This is people who want to see us fail. This is people that are actually rooting against us. And what we can learn from David in this case is even though a man was trying to kill him and David had a chance to kill him, like he literally caught him with his pants down, David spared his life. And why did he do that? Because one, he knew 
assassination and murder would have taken him taken him out of his purpose. And on top of that, it would have flipped his city or flipped his country upside down. We don't need to seek revenge. What we can learn from this is wait on God. His timing is perfect. David could have tried to microwave the process of him becoming king, but he would have been out of the will of God, and that would have cost him in the long run. This is something that I struggle with big time. It's the fact of waiting. Like You have to wait and allow God to position things the way that he wants them to be positioned and not trying to help him out. And when you allow God to do that, it's better. I mean, he's going to give you the best. You're also going to save yourself some heartache and pain because there are consequences to doing stupid stuff and stepping out of God's will. And even more to that waiting point, I just want you to think about this. David didn't even get appointed to, to be king until he was 30 years old. So that means he waited around 15 years to become king. And why that's so important is because he didn't microwave the process. We want instant gratification. And let's say if I was told I was going to be the president or the next big thing, I would want it right then and there. We all want it. That's, that's the era we live in. We got to have it now. But what we learn from King David is King David didn't chase the glory, but he still got the glory. And even more important than that is God was able to receive the glory. And that's something that can apply to us, too. And we can look at King David's life specifically and see that he was given special promises. He was given the promise that he was going to leave a legacy, that his name was going to be great, that God was always going to be with him, that his family was going to be heir to the throne as long as there was a throne. And on top of that, King David got even more military victories. With all that being said, King David wasn't a perfect man. And there was an instance where he stopped running to the action and he decided to kick his feet up meaning he took a vacation and he kind of forgot about his purpose. This is something that I've noticed too when a lot of us take vacations. When we take vacations, a lot of times we take a break from God's word and our purpose instead of running to God's word and trying to figure out our purpose. And in reality, the things that we should be taking a break from are the things of this crazy world. But man, that's, that's, a, that's a topic for another time. But let me get back on track. I'm actually going to read this to you from Samuel. It says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the people, but David remained in Jerusalem. What immediately came to my mind is, don't send someone else to fight your battles that are made for you. Like it says that he sent Joab. And then it kind of took like a jab at David because it says in the spring at the time when kings go off. Last time I checked, David was a king. And the last time I checked, David was no slouch when it came to this military life. I put myself in David's situation. Why would I not go to war? Well, it's obvious to me why, why I wouldn't go to war. I have plenty of military victories. I'm not worried about this little country or this little city. I'm going to send somebody else. Can I have a break? Can I relax? I mean, I've been doing a lot. I've been doing something for 15 years. Can I please take a break? I would be feeling myself probably. And what's interesting is King David goes to his rooftop. Now, I, again, I'm, I'm playing like I'm King David. I'm going to my rooftop. If I'm going to the rooftop, it's because I want to admire the beautiful city. I want to admire the beautiful country. I want to admire what I have built. 
And then King David, in the process of just looking, I don't know why he was looking to be exact, it doesn't say, he notices this beautiful woman. I mean, this woman is fine, fine, and she's bathing. And David doesn't turn his head. David falls into a trap. David started doing his research, and he grabbed one of his housekeepers and said, hey, tell me who that is. Now, I know some of you are saying you can't relate, but I can guarantee you've been watching a commercial or a TV show or some movie and you've seen somebody and you're like, oh, my goodness, they are beautiful. Or they are handsome. And before you know it, you're Googling them or you've been on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, whatever social media outlet you use and you see someone. And before you know it, your social media creeping, you're searching and you're looking at all their pictures, you're low key stalking. That's what you're doing. Hey, I'm not judging you. We all been there. And King David even takes it a step farther. He finds out this woman is married and he still goes after it. He slides in the DMs. Now, I know some of you are thinking I have never slid in the DMs of a married person. But to that first point, you have sent someone else to fight battles or just avoided the battle completely that God has designed for you to fight. And that could be because you're admiring some previous success, or you're just flat out being lazy. Or maybe you have forgotten your purpose. And for some of you, especially for those who are older, you get to a point where you say, I'm tired of serving and blessing others. I'm tired of, of fighting this fight. It's time for me to kick my feet up. And I feel you wholeheartedly with that. But let's learn from David at the, with this. Because David wanted to kick his feet up and he wasn't fulfilling his purpose that God had laid down for him, David was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And when you're at the wrong place at the wrong time and your only focus is to please yourself, that's when you definitely can get hit with the trap and not even see it. Now, let's just look at some things that happened to David because of this. David had an affair. With that affair, the woman became pregnant. He then tried to cover that affair up, which led to a political scandal. Then on top of that, David had the man murdered once he couldn't get his political scandal to go through properly. Because of the consequences of that, the firstborn child of that woman died. And on top of that, he just had plenty of family drama. If this doesn't sound like some crazy soap opera, then I don't know what it sounds like. This caused David plenty of pain as well. David was able to bounce back and get back on the right path and get back to that boss and king status that we've been talking about. Now I have to leave you with one final point, and that is this. Don't try to microwave the process of being a boss. What we can learn from King David is, when he was about fulfilling his purpose and serving, he was on the right path. On top of that, he was willing to wait. You can't rush it. And notice from King David, there was no age restriction or age limit with this either. The only time he got caught up is when he was doing it for the wrong reasons and wanted to kick his feet up and didn't want to run to the action. This is the non-microwave truth, a Time of Grace production. And if you like it or love it, share it with one of your friends. Tell them about the podcast. Sharing is caring. I'd appreciate it greatly. And don't forget, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. I would love to hear from y'all and get some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking. 
Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Stay no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.